0: As the Rector of St Bride's Church Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. In these online services, sermons, readings and prayers newly recorded by our clergy, congregation and choir members are woven together with hymns and choir anthems drawn from our extensive archive of recordings from past services. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. it is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the third Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins To be our advocate in heaven and to bring us to eternal life let us confess our sins in penitence and faith firmly resolved to keep god's commandments and to live in love and peace with all almighty god our heavenly father we have sinned against you and against our neighbor in thought and word and deed through negligence Pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory. glory. Almighty God, you have broken the tyranny of sin, and have sent the Spirit of your Son into our hearts, whereby we call you Father. Give us grace to dedicate our freedom to your service, that we and all creation may be brought to the glorious liberty of the children of God through Jesus Christ your Son, our Lord who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
1: The first reading is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 22, beginning at the first verse. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering, and set out And went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father Abraham, Father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, On the Mount of the Lord It shall be provided. This is the word of the Lord.
2: The epistle is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 6, beginning at the 12th verse. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies, to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not on the law, but on the grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not on the law, but on the grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what advantage did you get then from the things of which you now are ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus said, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. This is the gospel of the Lord.
3: May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Reflecting on our Old Testament reading during the week, the story of the binding of Isaac, I experienced a strong recollection of an incident that occurred whilst I was at primary school. A member of the class I was in had wet themselves, and rather than this being dealt with discreetly, the teacher chose to draw attention to it. They were made to come to the front of the class and were humiliated. I had a very clear sense that this shouldn't be tolerated and I resolved that I was going to report the matter to the headmaster. Shortly after the class the teacher spotted me outside the headmaster's office and asked what I was doing there. I lacked the guile to have hid my intention. I was shouted at for answering back and then commanded to speak, only for this to begin over again as soon as I opened my mouth, and on it went. I don't know how long this lasted, but I was left entirely disorientated by the experience. I never did speak to the headmaster about the incident, or indeed to my parents at the end of the day. My expectations of adults in positions of authority and of my place in the world shifted in that moment. There was a profound loss of trust. The story of the binding of Isaac is surely one of the most horrifying passages of Scripture. If we are able to put aside the resolution of the story and squarely face God's instruction to Abraham, it is surely devastating. The scripture doesn't reveal to us anything of the impact of the command on Abraham. I imagine that it must have left him disorientated. Abraham had placed his trust in God he had journeyed from his own country to an undesignated land to become the founder of a nation he was 99 years old his wife sarah was 90. they had no children and yet god promised you will have more descendants than can be counted at the oaks of Mamre, abraham was visited by three angels and was told that sarah is to bear a son Sarah overhears the exchange and laughed to herself at the prospect of her conceiving at her advanced age. The miraculous birth occurred and they called the boy Isaac, laughter. Then in Isaac's youth, Abraham receives the bombshell. He is commanded, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you. The narrator repeatedly emphasizes the relationship between father and son. Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and his son, Isaac. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son, Isaac. Isaac said to Abraham, his father, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. When they reached the top of the mountain, the scripture tells us that Abraham built an altar. He bound his son, Isaac. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. At the crucial moment, the Lord calls with great urgency, Abraham, Abraham. He replies, Here I am. Is his tone now one of relief and hope? I imagine him to be beyond that. I imagine him to be numb, his world already changed forever. Nevertheless, from the earliest days of the Church, this story has provided an example of great faithfulness. By faith, Abraham, when put to the test, offered up Isaac, as the letter to the Hebrews puts it. His trust was unshakable, and his willingness to sacrifice his beloved son is a foreshadowing of the sacrifice of the cross. There is a theological depth in this story that has gripped the religious imagination of Jew and Christian for thousands of years. It leaves many feeling profoundly uncomfortable though, and perhaps it isn't surprising that there are those who point to it to suggest that Jews and Christians alike proclaim an abusive God and perpetrate religious violence on the world. In defence, some suggest that this is entirely a story about a shift from human to animal sacrifice, a boundary marking of the distinctiveness of Jewish practice. There might be something in that, but if we would want to claim that the passage has continuing relevance for us today, I think we have to look beyond this. It is important to recognize that by this point in the story, Abraham has learned something of the unreliability of his own judgment. He, and indeed his wife Sarah, had assumed that she could not conceive, and he had consented to her suggestion that he sleep with Hagar, her servant, and Ishmael was born. As we heard last week, when Isaac was weaned, Sarah asked Abraham to cast out this slave woman with her son for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter we are told was greatly distressing to Abraham. It's a struggle I think to make sense of Abraham's actions but even more to understand God's testing Abraham in the first place Some note that this story does not describe an omniscient God. The Lord speaks, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. The story needs to be understood then in the wider context of the revelation of Scripture, particularly in relation to what we might infer from it about God. That strikes me as very sensible, but I suspect that the attempt to neatly settle the tensions that the text throw up is mistaken. The interpretation of Scripture will never be complete whilst there remain people of faith who seek to live by it. Living faith is not a neatly boxed-up package that prescribes exactly how we should live. The tensions we face in Scripture are significant. Scripture provides great comfort, but challenge too. We see this in our Gospel reading today as well. It emphasises the importance of welcome and reminds us that this demands more than being polite or even hospitable to others. It extends to welcoming the prophets, those who speak truth to power, to the righteous who work for justice, to service of the young. This will inevitably create tensions with those who are satisfied with the world as it is. And we are called to engage with that rather than seeking some false conviviality. Hence those words of Jesus that we heard in last week's gospel. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. It would undoubtedly be more comfortable if passages like that were expunged from the scriptures, but that wouldn't be the gospel. Thinking back to that primary school experience, I'm pleased, of course, that I at least wanted to do something about the unnecessary humiliation of my classmate. Unfortunately, I was diverted from that and realized that adults in position of authority are not necessarily trustworthy. Most of us face times in our lives when we find it a challenge to trust in God. I imagine it was the same even for Abraham, but he learned to place his trust in a certain hope. Abraham said to his son, Isaac, as they journeyed together to Moriah, God himself will provide. And it was so. Thanks be to God. Amen.
0: Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic Church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. At the end of each prayer, I will say, lord for the years would you please respond we give you thanks so lord for the years we give
4: thanks lord of the morning we ask you to hear the prayers we offer for queen elizabeth and for her service to this country and the commonwealth we pray for alison our rector and jeff our associate priest and for all who have worked tirelessly to bring us together in this act of worship. And for our families and friends, watch over those who are separated from us during this difficult time until we are together once more. May the gift of your holy word be a lantern at our feet, a light to our paths and a strength to our lives. Lord
0: for the years, We give
4: you thanks. We pray for the victims and their families who have suffered and are suffering now as a result of the devastating pandemic. Healing God, give to those who are unwell all they need, both physically and spiritually. Bring peace to the anxious, courage to the fearful, and rest to the weary. God of the spirits, Receive the souls of those departed from their earthly life. Give them the life that knows no age, the good things that do not fade away, and rest in your eternal kingdom.
0: Lord for the years, we give you thanks.
4: Lord of the morning, we have come to you in prayer. We thank you for the glory of your creation, the song of the birds, for the dawn and sunset the dew that freshens the flowers and the fields the long shadows at the end of a golden day help us to understand the responsibility we have to protect and keep safe the treasures of your creation
0: lord for the years we give Amen. you thanks we say together merciful father Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving Spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, We proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them saying, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ your son our Lord
5: great is the mystery
0: of Christ has died Christ is risen Christ will come again accept through him our great high priest this our sacrifice of thanks and praise and as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty renew us by your holy by your spirit inspire us with your love and unite us in the body of your son jesus christ our lord through him and with him and in him in the unity of the holy spirit with all who stand before you in earth and heaven we worship you father almighty in songs of everlasting praise blessing and honor and glory and power be yours forever and ever For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord whose nature is always to have mercy. Let us pray. O God, whose beauty is beyond our imagining and whose power we cannot comprehend, show us your glory as far as we can grasp it and shield us from knowing more than we can bear until we may look upon you without fear, through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you, our souls and bodies, to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.